Title of my message is What If. Now, to be clear, God does call us to a life that without him is impossible. The Christian life is impossible without God. So if you're a Christian, how many Christians we got here? Raise your hand. If you're a Christian, congratulations. You have been called to a supernatural life. You've been called to a life of the impossible. And listen, if everything you are doing, I just want to provoke you today, if everything you're doing is within the, the, the span of what is humanly possible, I just want to provoke you and encourage you today to step outside and take a few more risks and allow God to do some things that's not within your capability of doing the, and, and um, step into the realm of the supernatural, okay? Let me give you some scriptural foundation for this, and we'll talk about this a little more. In, in Mark chapter 23... 923, there's a, a boy who's possessed by an evil spirit. And the father comes to Jesus and he says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus said this, Mark 923, if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18, it says this. And these signs will accompany those who believe. How many believers we have? And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and drink. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. I've never drank poison or, you know, I don't pick up snakes very often. But anyway, if you do, hey, it says it won't hurt you. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. These signs will follow those who believe. Again, how many believers we have? You are a prime. Listen, if you don't know it. You are a prime candidate to see God flow through you supernaturally. Did you know that? Now you do. All right. So what keeps us as believers from walking and believing and flowing in the supernatural? There is something that I like to refer to as uh, Christian kryptonite. All right. You guys know what kryptonite is? It's that thing that makes Superman like some radioactive element. It makes Superman's powers like go away, right? So what is, there's a Christian kryptonite. Let me give you an example of a personal kryptonite that I have. So um, I, I like, you know, as I said, I like to run. I have a treadmill in my basement for like really cold winter days or nights, whatever. I, I typically always run outside. But sometimes I have a treadmill in the basement and I run on the treadmill. And I like to watch, um, when I run, I like to watch UFC. How many like UFC? Ultimate fighting. Like, something that motivates you, something that pumps you up, you know what I mean? Like, something that keeps me going. So, like, by the way, how many, how many have seen, like, a fight like the Force Griffin, Stefan Bonner fight from, like, years and years ago? That was, like, that was what put UFC on the map. I like to watch fights like that. It's motivating. It pumps me up. Now, my wife, on the other hand, I don't know what she does, but sometimes... She'll listen to like, she'll be on a treadmill and she'll have comedy on. It's like, I love comedy. We love stand-up. That's one of the things we're into. I can't do comedy while I'm trying to run. Like, I'm trying really hard. Have you ever tried to, like, you help someone move, it's something really heavy, and then you start laughing? It's impossible to, like, to, like keep putting forth effort. I, so I love comedy. I love laughing. I just can't do it while I'm working out. But here, here's the, even worse than that, this is something else she does. Even worse than that is that sometimes she'll watch those British you know, 1800s aristocracy era movies, right? I don't know how, I don't know how she possibly stays motivated uh, watching, watching those kind of shows. 
So, in fact, one time, one time I go down there, I hit, I hit play on the DVD player, I turn the TV on, and I'm like, I'll start with a set of push-ups. I start doing a set of push-ups. I think Joe Rogan's about to come on, and I'm going to hear cheering, and I'm going to hear fighting. But in the middle of my push-up, I hear this, Oh, Mr. Darcy! I'm like, oh, man. My wife was down here. She put that in. I literally, mid-push-up, like, I had to stop. Like... It's kryptonite. <laughs> that's, my, that's my kryptonite, is pride and prejudice movies. Okay, I, could, I literally felt my testosterone levels plummeting <laughs> as that came on. <clears throat> Samson, he cut his hair, he loses strength. Me, play Pride and Prejudice, I lose all my strength. <laughs> I don't know how my wife does it. She's like some kind of superhuman freak, anyway. But listen, what is... What is Christian kryptonite? What, what is the thing that keeps us from walking in the power of God and walking in the supernatural? Is it sin? Sin might have an effect. Is it doubt? Well, yeah, we all kind of deal with doubt. Is it fear? Maybe. But listen, when it comes to a supernatural lifestyle, personally, I think it's the lack of just taking risks in the first place that is the ultimate kryptonite for a Christian. I can't tell you how many situations I've gone to. I don't know if I have faith. I'm struggling right now, whatever, but I'm taking a risk, I'm stepping out, and God actually still moves through that situation. I think it's just the lack of taking risks is the Christian kryptonite. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Somebody like, you don't know how to spell either. No. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Take a risk. That's what faith looks like. And so I want to provoke and encourage you to take risks today. I want to create, I want City Lights Church, I want us to have a culture of stepping out, a culture of taking risks. Amen. And so um, I'm going to have my wife, we're going to do a little bit of tag teaming. I'm going to have her share a couple things today. But um, we have a lot of testimonies of just praying for people, people being healed, different things happening. But she has a cool story from a few years ago. I want her to share it with you because we're just trying to provoke you to um, believe in this. And there's so much more for you to have. We just want to get this in you. So come on up here, babe, and we'll let her share this. Hi, guys. Okay, I think it was in 2010 um, Kurt and I took a group of young adults. We used to be young adult pastors. So we took 18 to 30 year olds on a trip to Washington, D.C., and we called it Mission America. And we took time to just pray for our nation. We went into, you know, the Supreme Court and all the things, and we just prayed. The other part of the trip was called treasure hunting, which is you wake up in the morning and you just write down a list and you say, God, who can I love on today? Who can, who can I minister to? Because he's always got people on his heart. If we'll just kind of tune into him and say, okay, who do you want me to talk to today? And the whole trip was just getting young adults, getting used to just going up to someone and saying, Hey, we're doing this thing. I wrote down this list. Um, I felt like God was going to put someone in my day today that had a red hat on that um, was in this store in this time. So it looks like you're the treasure. Can I pray for you? And we would just pray for people. And it was amazing. We would see awesome things happen. So one day I was praying and I got a name. I got the name Sue. And day after day, I woke up, and I, it's like when I, when I felt like I got her name, I, I could see a picture of this person in my head. And this has really never happened to me before this time. 
And so every day I was kind of just really looking for this person named Sue, this woman. And I could see her. She had blonde hair. I could tell she was in her 40s. Um, I could tell what she dressed like, just what she was like, okay? So the whole trip in D.C., I was really disappointed because we would look at our list at the end of the day and talk about testimonies as a team. Okay, what did God do? Did, did your stuff hit? Because you're just practicing, right? It's not like you don't have to be professional. You're just learning. So some days people were like, hey, it was amazing. I thought this was my dumbest thing. And then that I've, I met that person, prayed for them. It was awesome. It was really encouraging. But mine didn't hit the whole trip. And I was kind of like, oh, maybe I don't hear from the Lord, you know, and I was a little discouraged and okay, just learning. So um, we flew back to uh, DIA and we were in um, the airport and I walked by, you know, the frontier counters where they're trying to sell you um, the, the credit cards so you can get the airline points. And I look and it's Sue. I knew it was her. And she was standing there, and I'm like, I think that's her. And um, so I walked up to her, and I said, this was the risk part, is your name Sue? And she goes, yeah. And then she goes, she turns her name tag around, and it says K on it. And she goes, well, my name tag says K, but I'm really Sue. That's my real name. (laughs) What? So I was like, what in the world? And I just said, hey. I've been praying for you this whole week, and I know God has a plan for your life. And I gave her an encouraging word about her that God had shared with me in my heart. And she just cried and was like blown away that God was so real and loved her so much that he gave me her name all week, and I could stand there and pray to her. How many of you know that was a risk? It's kind of embarrassing, but it was amazing. So anyway, that was a story about something crazy. That's cool. How many have taken a risk like that before? It's good stuff. All right. Um, for for time's sake, we have a lot of stories. I, for time's sake, I can't share a lot of them because I actually want to get into some teaching here too. But um, how many know uh, Todd White, yeah. evangelist, friend, friend of mine? We got to know Todd White before like Father of Lights. So, so before he was like a big deal. Like, and so at that time, Todd White would come out to like any meeting. He'd come out for 10 people like to preach to them or whatever. And then Father of Lights, which is a movie documentary on miracles and healing. If you haven't seen it, by the way, go check it out. Father of Lights is amazing. But our, our friend Todd White, um, I want to play a video clip of him just like praying for people, people getting healed, walking in the supernatural. So go ahead and roll that clip. One of the questions that I hear asked a lot is like, how do you know who to pray for? I mean, you're in a mall or you're in this place or you're in that place. And how do you know who to pray for? The easiest thing to do is to get up in the morning every day and say, Lord God, I don't want to see people through my eyes. I want to see them through your eyes. I want to see people through the heart of heaven. We're in New York City, the city that never sleeps. And we're down here filming in Times Square. It's such a fast life. People need the love of God, so I'm just so thankful that we're here. There's knee. Ankle? In your foot? And we saw a kid with, with crutches and actually prayed for his ankle. Where's your pain at? Point to where it is. Right here? Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Ankle, we command you be healed in Jesus' name right now. Move it. Stand on it, man. Stand on it. Come on, man. Give me your crutches. I ain't gonna steal them. Jump. Come on, man. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people started coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. We had so many encounters. Okay, let me see your feet. That's like two inches. That's way short. 
Jesus' name. Left leg, I command you grow right now. Jesus' name. Yeah. Did you feel? Yeah. It's good? Yeah. Yeah, come on. Jesus is amazing. He loves you so much. Father, I thank you that you love Bridget so much, God, that you would make her wrist completely whole right now. Every ligament, every tendon, every cartilage, I command you be made whole in Jesus' name. Oh, let me see it again. Yeah, it'll be gone. Come on, this is real. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you love her so much, God. Check it again. should be done. Come on. That's the gospel. Come on, man. You put your hand on his shoulder, addiction, I curse you and command you. Let him go. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I give you everything. I give you everything. I want my family back. I want my family back. But I need you most. But I need you most. And I invite you. And I invite you right now. Right now. To come in. To come in. And dominate my heart. And dominate my heart. And transform my life. And transform my life. I submit. I submit. And give up. And give up. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wash me. Wash me. And wipe me clean. Wipe me clean. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name, God. You heard his heart. Addiction, I curse you and command you. Get out. Get out, you're a violation of everything good. I command you, let him go, in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for favor. Jesus' name, thank you, Papa. Thank you so much. So I prayed from the beginning, God, give me your heart, give me your eyes. I wanna see people through their creative value, who you created them to be, because they might not know it yet. So God, I'm asking you for your heart so I can, so I can just approach them with your heart. So you can just approach somebody with love, and it's just as important if you tell somebody that God loves them and they're amazing, as it is if you pray for them and they get out of a wheelchair. Both are equally important in heaven. So I don't always know like who to approach. I just go through my day and I touch as many as I can in the time that I have. Crazy, huh? <laughs> so, and, and Todd, I've like picked him up at the airport. He's like that everywhere. So I like, pick him up at the airport, he's praying for someone. We go to the grocery store, he's praying for someone. I have literally seen like miracles on like, at least three notable miracles I can think of just hanging out with Todd like going around the city with him like there's this girl at Perkins um, one of the wait staff and he's like do you have back pain and she did have back pain and she actually was on dialysis every week like because her kidneys weren't working and he prays for her there's like burning in her back I went back to that restaurant for weeks later she's like no longer needs dialysis like crazy like miracles like that happening in fact, that lady was, she was so convinced, like, something was happening. She's like, you know, her grandma had passed away. She's like, can you talk to the dead? And he, <laughs> you know, like, she, he's, she's thinking, like, you can talk to my dead grandma for me. Like, and Todd, of course, was like, no, it's, for, it's forbidden, by the way, for Christians to talk to the dead, just so you know. So, um, now, listen, how did Todd get started? By the way, Todd, by the way, has a crazy testimony. I obviously have no time to get into his testimony. Crazy drugs for many years. God set him free. But how did Todd get started? Did, like, some prophet lay hands on him and say, from this day forward, you're going to like walk in lots of miracles. Because this is his life like every day. He does this every day. And no, the answer is no. Like he didn't like immediately start praying for people. He will tell you that he literally, literally prayed for a thousand people before he saw anyone get healed. Like he was, he was working a job delivering ice to, to stores where he was just working some normal job. He would pray for like three people a day. Nothing, nothing, nothing. At least three people a day for like a year. 
Never saw anything, never saw any breakthrough. Listen, we pray for like two people, and we're like, I give up. This thing doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Todd prayed for like three people. Did. Why? Why did he pray for that many people? Why did he keep pressing? He's like, it's in your word. Your word says that these signs will follow those who believe. So he just kept going back. He's like, nope, it's, it must be in your word. It must be your word. So then one day, boom, he has his first miracle. And then like a month later, another one. And then like two weeks later, another one. And then like it became an every week thing. And then it became like almost every day he sees something supernatural, amazing happen. And I just want to like put that out there and encourage you with that. Like, don't just try one time and then give up. Like, we, this is in the word. Like, and if it, it's in the word, like, we need to go back to it and say, God, you said this can happen. You said this is true. We need to just lay hold of it, okay? So we pray for like two people. We give up. Why? Because we interpret God's um, will through our circumstances. We interpret God's will through our circumstances. What we should be doing is interpreting our circumstances through God's word, right? Let me say that again. So many times we interpret God's will through our circumstances. What we should be doing is interpreting our circumstances through God's word. And if something isn't lining up to God's word, we need to go back and say, God, you said all things are possible to those who believe. God, you said these signs would follow those who believe. So I want us to be risk takers. Risk takers. I want to create a culture of risk takers in this church. What if nothing happens, okay? Listen, you don't get the credit if they get healed in the first place. Right? We don't get the credit. Like, we know it's God's power that heals. We know it's God's power that sets free. So don't, listen, don't fall into an identity crisis when someone doesn't get healed. Like, oh, I don't know who I am. God, you said I'm a healer. This isn't happening. Like, don't fall, don't fall into that trap. Like, don't fall into an identity crisis if nothing happens to that person. Just realize, listen, just realize for you there's something to grow into. So when you pray for something, nothing happens. Hey, there's, a, there's an area for me to grow into. I can actually grow into something. And by the way, Please don't, you're praying for someone, please don't tell the other person, like, they didn't get healed because they didn't have enough faith. Like, bring your own faith with you. And if they don't get healed, don't say, oh, it's because you didn't have enough faith. Like, if you're going to be, that's, number one, that'll wound people. Like, a lot of people, like, there's this um, faith movement, you know, that happened 80s, 90s, whatever. And there was some bad stuff that happened in the, in the Word of Faith movement. But there's a lot of good. And a lot of people threw out the baby with the bathwater for the Word of Faith movement. And so we're not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater, but we are going to love people. We're going to care for people right where they're at. Actually, and we need to respect people's boundaries too. So if you see someone, don't automatically just lay your hands on them. Like, and I'll just say this here as a church. If someone raises their hand for prayer, just ask, like, hey, what can I pray for you for? Do you mind if I lay my hand on your shoulder? Like, we want to respect people's boundaries in the process too. Amen? Is that good? Okay, so what happens when it goes bad? Like, I've prayed for people, left the hospital. You know, 20 minutes later, um, someone calls. My mom just died. My dad just died. My brother just died. Like, I've prayed for people, and they die. Like, and that's not such a big deal when they're 90 or 100, you know? It's like, well, they're pretty old. That's a good old life. Yeah, a good long life, you know? But listen, when they're, like, young or there's something going on, like, that's tragedy, you guys. And that's hard to walk through. So what happens when it goes bad? Well, listen, if it goes bad, we have a funeral, and we cry, and we mourn, and we comfort each other, and then we heal, right? That's what happens when we, we if you want the thrill of victory, you have to be comfortable with the agony of defeat as well. And so, but listen, we heal, we comfort, we mourn, but we don't give up on the next person, right? We, we don't give up on the next person because our last experience wasn't good. We want to keep signing up and believing again and stepping out again. Listen, some of you, you're here. I gave this illustration early on um, in the church, but both my wife and I, before we started dating, we had both had like um, situations where like our heart had been broken by other people, right? And um, so we both had these situations where our heart was broken. We started dating and both of us were like, 
started you know, getting close, and we realized, like, oh, our walls are going to have to come down if we're going to be able to be close. We're going to have to drop these walls. And if we drop these walls, that means you can hurt me again, right? Like, if you've ever been divorced, you've ever gone through a bad breakup, like, and you start dating someone again, like, in order for that to happen, your walls have to come down. You, be, you have to become vulnerable again if you want to become close to someone. Well, listen, I don't want to say in the same way, choosing to believe in the supernatural means you, there's the possibility to be disappointed, right? And a lot of people have given up on praying for the sick. A lot of people have given up on um, believing God for supernatural things because they've been disappointed. And so you have to be comfortable with taking risks. And listen, there's no condemnation for any of us. We're all growing in this thing, right? We're all growing in this thing. So there's no condemnation for anyone who doesn't see results right away. But we want to be a church that believes that anything can happen. Okay, so I want to teach a little bit, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get you guys out of here. How do we grow in our faith? How do we grow in faith? How many are interested about growing in faith? All right, there's, there are three kinds of faith I'm going to talk about these today. All three are from God, and, and none of them are produced by our human efforts. But, can you take her out, please? Thank you. Um, all three of these are from God and aren't um, based upon human efforts. So it's not our human efforts that produces faith, but I do believe we can position ourselves to grow in our faith. Does that make sense? Like, we don't make ourselves grow in faith, but we can position ourselves with God to grow in faith. So three kinds of faith. Number one is saving faith or common faith. John 3.16, of course, you guys know this. The Bible says that, you know, for God so loved the world, um, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Anyone who places their faith and trust in Jesus they step in relation with him. They have common faith. Every believer has what's called common faith. Romans 12, chapter 3. Um, sorry, Romans 12, verse 3. It says this. For I say through the grace given me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. If you're a believer in Jesus, God actually came to you and he's dealt to you, he's delivered to you a measure of of faith. The, the Greek word here, measure, it, it, it's metron. It means literally figurative, uh, or figuratively by implication, a limited portion or to a degree. So every believer has a degree of faith that God has measured to us, okay? It's a, it's a limited portion. And this is actually where we get the English word meter, right? So if you have a water meter that measures gallons, you have an electric meter on your house that measures, I don't know, is it kilowatt hours, something like that. Um, or the unit of measurement, a meter, is 100 centimeters, right? And so this is where we get the English word meter. God has given an allotment of faith to every believer. It's called common faith, okay? That's the first kind of faith. God comes, he reveals himself to us, that's common faith. The second kind of faith is ever-increasing faith. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, some of you are thinking like, oh, perfect. Faith comes by reading more Bible and hearing more sermons. So I just need to read more Bible and, and read more sermons. Well, listen, you're thinking more Bible, more faith, more sermons, more faith. Well, listen, not so fast. I want to talk to you about this, this real quick. Um, the written word that we have here, the Greek word for the written word that we have in our Bibles is called the logos. Everyone say logos. The word that the Bible is talking about here in the Greek is actually rhema. So it's actually not saying if you read, faith comes by hearing or by reading more of the Bible. Faith doesn't come by necessarily reading more Bible. Faith actually comes 
by the rhema word of God. Rhema is a living and active spoken word of God. So it's actually his voice revealed in your heart that increases faith. So it's not necessarily the logos written word. Now we can read the logos, the written word, and we can receive a rhema revelation from God and he can reveal it to us and we'll grow in faith. In fact, that's what I try to do when I read my Bible. I, don't, I try not to go through like a checklist of I have to read this much. I try to bring the word before the Lord and like, God, I'm reading the words on the page, but I need your spirit to reveal to my spirit your truth. And when he does that, the scripture comes alive and it becomes a rhema word to you and it produces and it grows you in your faith. Okay, so um, like have you ever re read a scripture? You read it a hundred times, scripture a hundred times, and it's like read that, read that. One day, boom, like God just highlights that thing to you and it comes alive to you. And all of a sudden, now that scripture is your scripture. Like it belongs to you. The, the revealed word of God, the rhema word of God has revealed it to you. And your faith increases. It's your word. It's what God has revealed to you. And you hear a lot of people like when you talk about the Lord, you hear a lot of people say things like, man, if I could, if I could just see a miracle like right in front of me, then I would believe. Then I, then I would have faith. And listen, I just want to say that even witnessing a miracle doesn't necessarily produce more faith. Like some of you just saw, like miracles, and I don't know, that might have increased your faith if you, if you heard it, you know, with the right spirit, but not necessarily. Why? Because faith comes by God's living ways, not necessarily from even witnessing something supernatural. Did you know this? And I'll prove it to you. If that was the case, if, if, if simply witnessing something supernatural or a miracle would produce faith in every person, everyone in Jesus' day would have been Saved, right? Everyone in Jesus' day would have placed their faith and trust in Jesus. But how many know Jesus performed miracles? Some were astonished and gave thanks to God. Other people wanted to kill him, <laughs> right? Other people wanted to kill him. They knew he was performing miracles and would try to trick him and trap him. It didn't necessarily produce more faith because they weren't, they weren't looking at it with eyes of faith. They were looking at it with calloused and hardened hearts. And so, um, and someone might say, well, well, then why play like a Todd White video? You know, I, I play that because I want to provoke you. I want to stir you that there is more for you. There's more possibilities for you. And so, but if you want to grow in faith and you want to grow in the supernatural, you need his living voice revealed in your heart. Okay, so reading the Bible can produce more faith if it's accompanied by God's voice. Hearing sermons can produce faith if it's accompanied by God's voice. Hearing a testimony can produce faith if it's accompanied by God's living voice. Witnessing a miracle can produce more faith if it's accompanied by God's voice. And sometimes you, 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 you hear testimony and it just, boom, it comes alive in your heart and you're like, that's because God was speaking to your heart. Other times, not, not so much. Um, so in and of itself, even, witness, even witnessing the supernatural doesn't necessarily produce more faith in you. Crazy, huh? We need to have eyes to see. We need to have ears to hear. Um, but every believer can grow in faith, and we, we do that by hearing God's voice, being obedient, taking risks. Okay, that's the second kind of faith. I'm going to talk about the last kind of faith. <clears throat> the last one is um, the gift of faith. So we have saving faith, ever-increasing faith. The last one is there's something called the gift of faith in the Bible. And 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 is a list of um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, I suppose there's probably more gifts of the Holy Spirit, but there's nine listed here. And one of them is faith. Let me read this to you. It says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through, this, through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings 
by the same spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things. Um, I'm sorry, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Okay, so that was a mouthful there. But we know that faith here cannot be common faith. Like, because presumably everyone who has any of these gifts has common faith, right? Like, you wouldn't be prophesying and, like, having words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and have zero faith. So we know that the, there's a special gift on some people's lives or in some situations for the gift of faith, okay? And so an example of this would be Daniel in the lion's den, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. At that moment, the, the gift of faith came upon them, and they did amazing things. And I'm going to have my wife come up one more time. Isn't she pretty? And I want her to talk about, because I think it's supernatural cool, I want her to talk about when she had the gift of faith for City Lights Church. So go ahead and roll. Okay. I, context for my view of church planting, when we had this cozy, secure job at a mega church, I would see people stepping out to plant churches and think they're crazy. I cannot relate to wanting to do that because you have to provide for your family. Um, the statistics of church plant success is really, really like slim. Like, if you know about uh, small business ventures, how much they fail, well, church planting fails a lot more than that, okay? Like, it's for real. People burn out and they get tired. So my view of church planting was, I don't know why. And I drive by churches in the town and I think to myself, man, some people had to pioneer this thing. Someone had to take their family, work really hard, get this thing going, and I don't want to do that. I like to work at a church that's happening and tuck under it, right? So that was my view of church planting. I didn't have a heart for it at all. Is that okay? Okay, so last year, and but the thing is, I've been married to this guy a long time, and I get to hear what God says over him. And the whole time we've been married is, you're a trailblazer, you're a leader, you're a pioneer, you're a forerunner, you're, you've got the apostolic call. And I'm like, oh man, you know. Um, <laughs> so God started speaking to our hearts um, for several years, even towards the end of our tenure over at Res, about um, maybe having being senior pastors and having our own church someday and this was in his heart for quite a while and so the season really shifted at the beginning of last year, um, 2017, and so we had, we had a two-week sabbatical where we went on a road trip to seek God about if we're going to stay in full-time ministry, if we're going to plant a church, or if we're just going to do marketplace. So we're seeking God, and I am just thinking church planting sounds like the worst thing in the world. So I had a dream when we were in California, and I could see that I was with Matt and Jory, our worship and associate pastors, and um, I was going to help them lead worship. And in the dream, they weren't quite ready to get started, so they told me, all right, you just get started, and we'll join in. You just get the people going, and I want you to lead this song. And Jory had written a song called Hope, so I thought I was going to lead the song called Hope. But then she goes, no, you're going to lead the new song. It's called Faith. And you just start playing, and it'll happen. 
And I, I honestly, guys, this is for real, I hate starting songs on guitar. I get nervous still. I don't know. I've been playing guitar a long time, and it just makes me. So God just began to have me step out in front and just start playing this song called Faith, and it happened, and it was like this church, and I saw it. And so when I woke up the next day, I remembered everything about the dream, and I'm telling you, from that moment, I had an impartation of a gift of faith for this church. That night, I got a shift in in what I brought to the table. God just swallowed it up with a gift of faith. And we went through a lot of trials. How many of you know when you lock in to sing yes to God, there's some resistance and some disappointments? I didn't waver at all. It was like the easiest thing in the world. I was like, yep, this is what we're doing. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. So that's a gift of faith. All right. All right, I want to give you the other side of that same coin. I did have the Lord speak to me along the way, and if you've gone through the Belong class, you'll, you'll hear what I said about how I knew that God wanted us to do this. But at that time, we went on that two-week sabbatical. The Hendersons actually weren't signed up yet. We were talking with them, but Emily has this dream. But I had one guy, him and his wife and his, his kid, I had one guy who was like, I'm all in. I'm going, to move, I'm going to move with you wherever you go, because we're going on the sabbatical to Las Vegas, Texas, um, where else did we go? Arizona. Yeah, we went to you know some different states to look about where to planning a church. And I got, I got one guy who's like, "We're moving with you wherever we go." I'm like, "Sweet." Well, I got one guy with me at least in his family. So we get back from the the two week sabbatical, and he's like, uh, "We need to talk." <laughs> and he they checked out some other churches, and they found this church. They like fell in love with this other church, right? So there was a point on this journey where we'd gotten back from our sabbatical. I literally had zero people who were on board with us. And I'm, I'm kind of like discouraged at this point because I'm like, we've got me, Emily, Trinity, Evie, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I, got seven, I don't even have 10 people. We don't even have 10. I'm counting the Godhead like as three, you know? <laughs> and so... This guy's not on board. I'm, I'm half on board at this point. She's got the gift of faith, you know what I mean? And honestly, there were times where I deferred to her gift of faith. Because I knew it was something supernatural that God did. She's not normally like this. She doesn't like putting herself out there. She doesn't like taking, you know, risks like that, as she was talking about. And there were times where I was like, I know you spoke to her. Something changed in her, and I'm just going to like... There were times where I deferred to her gift of faith. And listen, there are times in your life where maybe you don't even have the faith, or you don't even have what it takes to believe that... But listen, there are times where you have to lean and rely on other people to have that faith for you. I love the way that Ben was speaking in the service. Like, if you've gone through a situation where you, man, it's, it's heartbroken, you want to cry, but like, listen, get back on your feet. Lazarus is going to raise from the dead. Come on. So here's my, here's my encouragement to you. Maybe you have big faith. Maybe you have small faith. But my question is, is your faith available to God? Because... Maybe your faith isn't huge, but if it's yielded to God, God can make up the difference and do something with it, okay? And sometimes it's not about the size of your faith. We always think size of our faith. Really, it's about the size of our God, okay? And if you have faith in a big God, and he's put you and called you to do something, you can do amazing things. Listen, small faith in God's hands is better than big faith that never, never tries. Small faith in God's hands is better than big faith that never steps out and takes a risk. So... Um, Whatever you have, whatever, big faith, little faith, whatever it is, offer it up to God and see what he does with it. Amen? All right, and, and we want to be a church that take, 
takes risks, that steps out, and that believes in the supernatural, all right? And when you see people, you'll see, so this is what you'll see here at church. You're going to see people taking risks. Listen, honor their risk. If you see people, especially if they're part of City Lights Church, you see them out in the community praying for someone, you know, encouraging someone, whatever. It doesn't always have to be a miracle. It can just be helping someone with groceries or something like that. You know what I mean? But if you see someone at City Lights Church stepping out and doing something like that, listen, I just want to encourage them. Amen? And just, if it didn't go well, encourage them some more because we want to be a church that's like that, that takes risks. Okay? All right, I'm going to pray, and then we'll, we'll uh, talk about city groups, and then we'll get you guys out of here. So, Father, I thank you for every um, individual in this room, Lord God. And, <clears throat> God, I ask that you would grow our capacity as a church to believe, God, for you to move in our lives, Lord God. God, grow our capacity. We thank you for common faith, God, and I ask for ever-increasing faith in every believer, God. I ask, God, that might seem complicated to some people, like how to hear your voice, how to grow in that faith, Lord God. And I just pray that you'd make it so simple, so plain, Lord God, that we're just connecting with you, God, and that, that still small voice that you have, Lord God, it's not with the ears necessarily, that still small voice in our hearts, Lord God, that we would be discerning of that, we would be perceptive of that, Lord God. God, when you give us that little nudge, like that person needs an encouraging word, that person needs prayer, that person needs some money, that person needs help with their groceries, Lord God, I just pray as a church, God, we would step out and we would believe that all things are possible, Lord. God, we just want to be a church that declares, God, what if, Lord God. We, we walk through our day, and we don't take things, Lord God, as they are. We take things as what if. What if God could break in? What if that can change? What if God can do a miracle? I pray every person here sees themselves as that conduit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome.